0: Veganism has grown by 40% in the last couple of years. In 2019, even The Economist declared it the year of the vegan. Veganism is big business. And that's why we sat down with JP from All Plants. JP founded All Plants alongside his brother to target the flexitarian eater as veganism continues to increase. They've raised 40 million pounds from people who backed the likes of Kazoo, Trustpilot and Revolut. It's a fascinating conversation, looking at the way that we eat food and the way that that is changing in a convenience-driven economy. We talk about JP's family history and what led him to becoming an entrepreneur. And he spoke about how he took a year out to find his true calling. This show is made possible by the fantastic support of our various partners. And I wanted to thank The Octopus Group. The Octopus Group is a collection of eight entrepreneurially-minded businesses across financial services and energy, all founded on the one simple belief that people and the planet deserve better. They are intent on building a better tomorrow for future generations and are a certified B Corp, demonstrating they care as much about the impact of their investments as the returns they generate. I'm proud that Octopus have backed this show since the second series and they are the reason why we are now able to put such a professional show together. To hear more about what they do it is worth checking out previous episodes with the founders Chris Hewlett and Simon Rogerson or the CEO of their investments arm, Ruth Hancock. If you want to see how you could partner with us go to our website at www.jobsofthefuture.co JP, welcome to Jimmy's Jobs of the Future. Thanks. Can't wait to crack on with this. This has been a long time coming, Jimmy. Yeah, this has been a long time in the oven, this one. Yeah. That is definitely true. <laughs> um, tell us about your your first job and what did it entail?
1: Gosh, okay. So um, I had the great pleasure of, uh, well, as my father's an accountant, he wrote me in from the age of about 13 for summer jobs Doing sundry expenses in handwritten these massive ledger books, they were like A1, where I had to write up all of these clients' uh, expenses with rulers and pencils and what have you. It was so much fun. It taught me uh, (laughs) all about how much I would definitely love not to be an accountant for the rest of my life. So, uh, but 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 what it did certainly give me the chance to do is uh, (laughs) is experience the professional world as a little kid and, and and get some pocket money. So it was it was it was definitely a blessing in disguise what impact do you think it had on your kind of working career because it's quite a way to go
0: from from that to what all plants is today
1: yeah well i i to to i guess what that turned into is a couple of summers doing that and then uh my my father classic kind of uh immigrant uh, you know moved over from cyprus when my family uh became refugees uh in nineteen seventy four and um, went down the safe professional route of becoming an accountant and what wanted, wanted all of his children to do the same and so i kind of got convinced and wedged into trying all of these things and worked at bank of cyprus for a couple of summers after that riveting stuff counting checks <laughs> by hand um i then thought i'd escape from it to do something interesting which was going to be law so i did a gap year of paralegaling but i mean that that was uh, uh a, a quick education in the fact that i definitely wasn't going to do uh a career as a lawyer either and so I for me to be honest I think the thing that all of these um early opportunities gave me was just to 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 realize that these weren't avenues that I wanted to go down not that I had a clue what I did want to do but I'd at least got the chance to eliminate it for you before um you know before graduating which uh which was lucky.
0: Did you have a dream job growing up that you really wanted to do?
1: I, obviously I wanted to be a professional footballer, professional yeah. rugby player. I mean, uh, it's, it's massive cliche, but I, I, I certainly had absolutely no talent in that department. I, but I, I, to be honest, I, I I also got lucky because I had quite a few friends in slightly swankier universities. I, I studied at Nottingham, had a fantastic time, and, um, you know, really enjoyed it, but we, we were really at our uni getting uh, events from the big four accounting companies, a couple of, uh other major multinationals and that was about it. You know the careers department didn't really know what to do with all of us. Um but then you know I had friends at Oxford or Cambridge or LSE and they were being uh interviewed by these fascinating companies and uh, and and uh doing in- internships at places like McKinsey and, and Bain. and that's how I learned about that world and decided actually after uni not to take a job and to instead go full time on trying to get into one of those companies which um you know it, it genuinely was a full-time endeavor for uh four or five months but but eventually from applying to every single company under the sun uh, um you know managed managed to uh, break my way in uh, which was which was which was really lucky so that's quite interesting though because that is
0: i often talk about you know trying to find a job or a new job is a job in it, itself so you actually took time off post university to to do that because I do think yeah we try and put we do put quite a lot of pressure on final year graduates in terms of totally. yeah, get them to do the the exams and, and and all that and try and find their dream career as well. Yeah it's quite a lot to pack into a third year.
1: It's it's uh massive amounts to pack in and I, I did one of those um banking internships in the second year which the, the brilliant thing about that was uh the the ludicrous amount they were paying interns per per week. Um but other than that again I was pretty certain i I didn't want to go into investment banking um and so having tried all these things i i I, all i knew was what i didn't want to do and i I really felt like just going into something for the sake of it was uh to you immediately set yourself down a path and if you if you know in your kind of heart and soul that it's not the thing then you're not going to give it your all and you're certainly not going to be successful at it and so um uh, and I was really enjoying my degree at the same time and, and, and so I kind of decided to go all in on that and see if I could you know uh I guess when you're at uh for me uh, being at Nottingham University I felt quite conscious of the fact that you had to kind of set yourself apart and so I, I really wanted if it was remotely possible to see if I could um, land a grade that, that that did set me apart um which was very much an all-out endeavor uh for the third year and I I couldn't in any, I didn't have any space or time to even work out what I might want to do. Leave it alone, do the really hard work of uh, all these assessment centres and what have you. So, so yeah, went all in on that and then uh, and got really lucky. I mean, I'm absolutely scraped over. I think it was I think I got like a uh, something like a sixty nine point eight percent, which they rounded up to seventy and gave me a you know like. That's exactly my case as well. Yeah, which <laughs> and you know I'll bloody take it. That's yeah. all that matters, do you know. Uh, and 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 so I got really lucky there. And then, um, and I just I, I just felt there was something really interesting I'd been hearing about from some friends about this consulting thing, but I knew nothing about it. Um, so I tried to get some uh, temp jobs in that space, couldn't get any, um, and then genuinely, I, I, I there were about. At the time, 40 management consulting companies in the in London, uh, some uh, literally 20 person shops and then some places like Accenture with, you know, uh, five, 10,000 people uh, applied to every single one of them. And the thing that that really helped with is that actually, and I'm a great believer in this, that, that it, when it comes to interviewing, there's a real uh, method and uh, practice makes perfect. And so um, and also it's just an it's just a numbers game you have to play the game at a sufficiently uh, broad level to get through the many steps of the funnel. And so, um, you know, through doing that and through basically, you know, a crash course in all of these case study interviews and uh, and how to survive them. And I, I got plenty wrong that I crashed and learned from, including uh, some final stage assessment centers as well. And, um, you know, ended up, um, ended up managing to get a couple of offers. And, and that was really, really lucky. And, and it meant then, had a, a second half of the year where I knew well, this is one of the greatest moments in life, isn't it? When you have a job that you're not starting immediately, and yeah. I I'm all, and I actually, t- whenever we're hiring as well, I always encourage people to if you if you've got if you've actually got a shorter notice, take a month and give yourself. I mean, what a privilege to have time where you can really relax and switch up. And so I I, I got that then in that second six months, and I went and lived. Uh, in Cyprus, actually, for for another stint, because I just really uh, wanted to spend more time with family and see if I could get myself to full fluency, which got close, but I'm saying I didn't quite master. Uh, it, but it was it was a lot of fun.
0: Sort of another question about growing up. You you run a food business, All Plants, yeah. and what was
1: what did the family
0: meal? consist of when growing up
1: but it was so we was we were so classic I, I think my I mean my mum my was the master of the kitchen and uh evening meals were her domain and I think we had around five different things we ate you know four nights of the week yeah. every week so it cycled through lasagna which I still I'm obsessed with my mother's design, uh I with her, we've re-architected the bechamel and the ragu right? So there's now yeah. a plant-based delight, but it was it was very much beef and then mints and all the cream and the eggs you can imagine. But lasadia, spag bowl, the one the the, the the one thing that she uh, used and didn't make from scratch was chicken kievs. So I don't know why, but we had Kievs and mash and green beans. And you know, we had these few recipes that we basically um had every every evening. I've got two siblings, and so there's three of us and and actually, because you know, one of the one of the nice things about uh, for my dad being an accountant is he was pretty much able to get home every evening by kind of you near know, seven half seven, and so we have family dinner. Um, and for me, I think maybe it's just a Cypriot thing as well, but eating together um, and sharing food is has always been a really big part of my upbringing. And you know, food is really at the heart of uh, life in Cyprus. You, you can't throw an event without uh, massive mezellas spreading and everyone dipping in to to grab everything they can because that's that's part of the game fill your plate as fast as you can and so um and so yeah food's always been a a big part of 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 life and uh as a massive foodie but someone who ate all of the meat fish dairy etc it was uh it's quite an adventure when i I started you know dabbling let's say with uh, the idea of trying to eat more plants
0: and so talk us to that i mean one of the questions we ask is how did you come up with a name for your company? I think All Plants pretty much kind of like explains it to an absolute T. <laughs> so like, well, well done on that. But talk talk us through the journey of, of starting it, because you started it with one of your brothers as well, right?
1: That's right. Um, well, by the way, I I'll, 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 get I'll come back to it, but the, the, the name uh may sound clever, but it was, was a lot of luck in that as well. It was it was to be honest, I just slapped it on as a project name so as not to be distracted by. It how do we brand this? Because I put my hand up and admit, I I don't know the first thing about branding whatsoever. It's not my strong suit. And so I always otherwise tr- get distracted playing with names and I know that I'm I'm never going to end up with the right thing. And all plants was just with space in it in the beginning was just, uh, uh, it kind of summed up the project and so is what we called it. And we went off and did uh, work. I had so many friends who were like ad agencies and they created a brand strategies, and we We went through thousands of names. And none, they were fortunately none of them convinced us or stuck. Um, and then we were just like, you know, what this project thing, it could work. Checked if there was a URL available. There, well, there was, but it was it was going to. It took, ended up taking me six months to try to get it for a, an amount we could afford. Which at the time, because we didn't have any money, was not we had to we couldn't really afford anything. So I think it was a low four figure sum, but it felt like a, an absolute uh, enormous amount to spend. Um, and then we said, okay, well if we, if we can get that, then then it makes sense. Um, but going back to it, I, I, the, the honest, the honest summary is that at the very beginning, I was a very, very reluctant veggie at home. Uh, my my girlfriend at the time had, had had around the time I met her had started going veggie, and and I was like, "Well, you you are you've got such morals, and like well, I could never do this." But the fact that you actually got something you believe in and you're changing what we do to support that, wow! And I was like, I, "You know, I'm not going to change how we eat." but that but, but isn't that impressive, and by the way, let's, let's live together. And yeah, I'm happy to be veggie at home. Cause I basically just really, really wanted the, uh, uh to, to, get in there. And, and, yeah. you know, I thought that was a way to convince <laughs> that I, I was, I was the right kind of person to, to be with it and, uh, carried on eating all the state burgers, etc. because I thought, you know, that, that was my normal thing. Um, and it wasn't until years later, after which, by the way, I'd also, this is so embarrassing. Delphi had turned around to me, uh, back in this 2014 and said you know i i, I think i might actually start eating uh, this you know fully vegan and at least trying it out because it just feels right i right? it's what i want to do and i honest honestly jimmy i turned around to her and i said look you can't do this to me i'm already <laughs> having to drink this weird milk and you know i can't eat i can't eat what i want to eat at home like, this is just too much it's just this is selfish i genuinely said that um and, which she still winds me up about today uh, because, you know, about 12 months later, I then watched a bunch of documentaries in the space of a week and came out convinced as, you know, as, as anything that, quite frankly, this, this is the future of the planet. And it, and it has to be. There's, unfortunately, there, there really doesn't seem to be a way through where even if we completely transform our energy sector, our transport sector, um, our construction sector, many of the other big contributors... But food, food is thirty to thirty-five percent of greenhouse gas emissions. Not to mention the, the the havoc and destruction it creates on land, water, um, and the destruction of biodiversity. Uh, that's food and agriculture. And the thing is that animal ag represents eighty-five percent of that impact, but only fifteen percent of the calories. So, animal agriculture has an enormous, outsized impact on our planet, and it it is quite obvious that unless we find a way to drastically reduce our reliance on it for nutrition if not ideally completely remove it from our from our e- whole uh, ecosystem and the way that we eat then uh, we're on a fast track to nowhere in terms of averting the climate crisis and you know having realized that i felt like a bit of a hypocrite to be honest and so started trying uh at least trying to eat to try out this diet
0: i do think i mean share anecdotal stuff but it is quite interesting that a lot of you know, my wife's friends, those that have gone veggie or vegan, yeah. cite climate over animal welfare, actually, which is a real kind of change from sort of when we were growing up, when people were were veggie, like it was mainly, mainly an animal welfare point. And obviously that still ranks in people's things, but it's I often find it just one of those interesting subtle shifts that's happened over in the 21st century.
1: It's definitely a shift. Uh, and, and what I just described is my personal journey the, the, obviously the funny thing is that prior to my mind being suddenly expanded and falling down this rabbit hole about the kind of planet and environmental uh, imperative i was already i mean i one of my previous startups was in the health and wellness space and you know i knew that what you eat is important but i'd never truly engaged with and understood the incredible um, wellness medicine that is a plant-based diet, and now I fully understand that. But I just, I kind of had the blinkers on, and I just hadn't engaged with it. Likewise, i would seen all sorts of, you know, really horrendous clips from factory farms, and and read about what happens in those environments. But it's 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 just that for different people, there's different things that that are the uh trigger that that, that make you actually listen in and engage. and And for me, it was it was climate. Um, and for many other people, there, there's so many different mainstream movements now of awareness and that, that are bringing people to the notion of just giving part to go and trying to be a little bit more. Um, and that's and that's cool. It's not it doesn't really matter where you're coming at it from. It, you know, it's the, the beauty of it actually is that it has so many um, ways that it is actually very positive for for people planet, and even and for
0: yourself, too. And how did you. Design the first product. Tell us
1: about that. The, the whole reason I started cooking—I mean, literally cooking—the idea of all plants up and with the idea it was it was very immediately about the food. Um, was because I had uh, for about six months having made that discovery and started trying to eat this way. I, I'd become pretty convinced that this was the future for me, you know. I was like, cool, and that was as far as it went. And I was, to be honest, at the time I was working on a bunch of different uh, other ideas that I thought could be really valuable and impactful for the, for the world. And, um, and then gradually, as I, as I started to become busier and busier again, because when you've got time and if you enjoy cooking and you don't mind getting it wrong to get it right, it's actually really fun. It's like, a, it's like an adventure. It's a hobby. You you're remixing all these uh, recipes that you grew up on trying to recreate those flavors. But as soon as you're busy, I mean, it was driving me nuts. And back in 2015, um, you know, I was having to skip meals multiple times a week because I just couldn't find something. Uh, I don't operate well when I haven't eaten. <laughs> I get uh, beyond hangry and I'm pretty useless. And so um, that, that wasn't working for me. And I guess it started to realise that, hang on a second, this isn't working for me. And I'm so fired up about this, that this is the right thing. And I, I'm already starting to find it difficult. How on earth are we going to take everyone from earlier doctors through uh the mass parts of the adoption curve into this new lifestyle it's never going to happen it's far 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 too hard and it's far too um, steeped in these expectations that it's just not delicious um and it's and it's also not healthy a lot of a lot of the perspectives on if you're vegan and veggies you're going to be mal malnutrition you're not going to get enough protein or iron or omega threes there's all sorts of uh, myths that need to be busted because they're because they're not actually real And so yeah became became pretty compelled that actually what i was finding was everyone wanted to talk to me about it because they thought i'd gone completely uh like a through a loop and become a mad hippie by changing how i ate and so everyone's like well hang on, this isn't for real surely you're gonna you're gonna give up in a few months and but what i found was yes you could obviously you're gonna chat with your friends about this or family um, but, as soon as they start saying, "Well, what about this? what about that it doesn 't matter how convincing your science is or your uh, logic or even the videos you can show people about uh you know your health or what happens in a factory farm um because it 's not a rational decision when it comes to food it 's instinctive it 's pleasure driven and what I found was if I literally just slide across the table a really delicious lasagna for example, uh that is way more convincing than anything I can say to you, way more people you say, oh, actually, hang a this is delicious. I can happily eat this once a week. Say, yeah, cool, no problem. And so um, I was doing that, you know, for fun with friends and then start to suddenly realize, and this is with my brother Alex, we were just like, hang on a second. This is what we need to be doing. We need to find a way to make plant-based food unbelievably irresistibly delicious and easy and available for everyone. And if we do that, Half half the battle, at least, is one because suddenly you remove all the barriers and you make this whole kind of journey into trying it out so much more friction-free and delightful. So, so yes, I got cooking. How did I make the first dish? Well, I the thing I first became obsessed with was convincing my yeah yeah, which is my Cypriot grandmother, who is a very very tough customer when it comes to food because she she uh, has always uh, been been. Giving love with food, right? So she she has all of these recipes that she's uh, cooked for us for many years, feeding all the family. I wanted to make a moussaka, a moussaka is like a you know Greek lasagna, kind of, but obviously yeah, yeah. a few a few tweaks. Uh, I wanted to make a moussaka that she literally couldn't tell was plant based, um, and that took a good three or four months. I'm mean, literally just cooking and trying it and cooking and trying it, um, and uh, and then while doing that, started to realize okay, we need more than just a moussaka. And, um, and then I uh, and, and started kind of tr- messing around with other dishes that I thought would be at the right point of um, kind of triggering people's interest, um, but then being able to really deliver on the flavoring. A couple of those dishes actually, uh, that are still very much on the menu today. One was uh, a, a mac and cheese, uh, just making that like beautiful, like, cheesy, unctuous experience, but making it not just bar but really, really healthy. Uh, Cause at any, if you ever had a, uh, a mac and cheese, whether it's takeout or um a ready meal. I mean it's so unhealthy, full of artificial ingredients, so processed. And we wanted to make it all from natural, you know, plant-based ingredients and whole foods. Uh so made that um and uh and it ended up making the first six dishes and basically for about three or four months ran a supper club every Tuesday night. Um because I ran out basically I ran out of family and friends and they all got a bit annoyed with me and start needed to start testing it with um with real normal people off the streets and so that's what got us going and um amazing and and yeah and
0: so doing the supper club led to you kind of deciding to go full time on it with your brother what's it been like working with your brother and how do you work out who's got the best skill sets at things
1: oh well, for- fortunately that was all uh very straightforward from the start uh because <laughs> um as i mentioned earlier i have you know i've got great appreciation for things that are creative, um, including design uh, and and brand and storytelling and all of the words that represent our brand. But Alex is a real uh, beast at that and always has been. He's actually a a really talented musician and artist. And so he was a really nice and natural fit for us for Alex to focus on um, those more creative areas and for, for me to focus on um, you know, the things that I have done in the ventures I've built before, which, you know, playing the role of both the kind of digital product lead. Uh, I guess the CEO and CFOE stuff like the financing and the strategy stuff uh, with a background from that kind of McKinsey world. It's uh, it's been drilled into me. So that that's the thing that comes naturally to me. And so, look, we had a fantastic time in the first two or three years getting all plants off the ground was um, was wild. Um, and we were bootstrapped. To the max and so we had to make things happen from um from nothing and on and really do it on a, on a shoestring and so uh, that breeds a lot of creativity and, and, and means that you're uh especially when you're having to build kitchens on a um on, on, a, on a small budget it, it keeps you on your toes so uh, our first kitchen we built in a very small warehouse um we then actually ha- you know started growing very fast and so in the space of the first couple of years, we ended up across fourteen units in um, in, in in South Tottenham, which we linked together, but were formed wow. our overall kind of kitchen and supply state uh, setup, uh, which was uh, madness, but but a lot of fun. You've just
0: raised a huge chunk of cash to kind of really roll out expansion, exporting, and so on. How have you, uh, just a want to hear much longer term plans on, on what they entail. But but also investing in family businesses is often seen as a risk by investors. That attitude must have changed since
1: you first raised seed capital. So a few things that are quite unique about all plants and, and I guess that, that we've been deliberate about. Uh, the first is that we're, we, we deliberately from the very start didn't want to just be any normal business uh, for a number of reasons. But when I say that, I mean, from the perspective of what a business is, which is all about making returns for shareholders and focusing on profitability, and uh, and that's about it. And so, from day one, I, I was trying to find a new model, and, and, and I uh, discovered the B Corp model, and we we wrote that into our uh, articles of association before pretty much before we did anything. Um, and that has been a really important filter for uh, finding the right investors, those who understand that. By becoming part of the All Plants journey, you're taking responsibility to always look at a triple bottom line where people, planet, and profit are all pursued in in an equal uh, manner. So that's one thing. Second thing is that, um, yes, you know, uh, there's there's often novel relationships that come before co-founders. You get husband and wives, you get ex-colleagues, you sometimes get, uh, you know, siblings, um, as with Alex and I and we tried to bring the good side of um, family values into the uh, all plants but we're really building all plants as a uh, a b corp on a massive venture mission um and so you know our, our the, the whole way we go about executing um that and, and, and our kind of uh, venture-driven approach to to setting out our goals and our vision and also pursuing that in a very agile and intuitive way and, and really hiring incredible people who, who who are just so fantastic to work with and who autonomously can go after you know independently making those things happen is is what it's all about. And so um you know I've had the great privilege to live through many uh phases of all plants development as a venture and uh my previous developments I have to say I I you know I feel very lucky because we, we I, I've never worked on something with timing like this. People always say timing is such a an important factor when you're building something and it's often something you don't have control over. This is still the very outset and the very beginning of this global transformation of food and agriculture as we as we know it. But what you can almost certainly say is that in a few decades forward, we are going to see a vastly more plant-based global food system. Uh, and that's going to that's already creating opportunities for the the brands of the future. And you know there's there's a few categories where we've seen that in some of the meat analogues and milk analogues with, you know, Oatly or Beyond Meat. Um, But there's so many other aspects of food that are yet to be uh, taken to that level and beyond. And, uh, you know, we really feel very excited about the uh, opportunities and massive impact and very positively on our planet. Um, and at the same time, build a really enduring and purposeful brand in all plants and, and really set out to rebrand the V word, which is one of the most important things and make it, so much more approachable and welcoming and um, inclusive for everyone and make something you can uh, incorporate in any lifestyle not that you have to be an all-in hardcore vegan which uh, obviously used to be used to be the only way to to kind of eat this way but also that we can make this something that's just so unbelievably delicious that that it is for everyone um, and it's not uh, something where you have to actually be willing to you know live like a monk and have to uh, compromise on um, what you actually want from food, which is something tasty. I'm, I'm certainly no monk, Jimmy. I don't know about you, but I, I, my patience would be worn thin if I was having to, uh, you know, just eat uh, lentils and carrots. Uh, it, it's just, it just doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't excite me. Um, but but the exciting thing is that you can really create incredible food, um, and it's all from you know whole food, natural, plant based ingredients.
0: And what are your favourite ones to recommend to people? Right, if people are listening to this and they haven't tried one before, and they think, "Well, actually, I'm going to go on and give it a go," because they are delicious,
1: right? Um, which is the which is what's the bestseller? Well, it very much depends what you're into. So, that today we have uh, over 150 dishes. We're always launching new seasonal dishes, and uh, we've got new drops coming in a couple of weeks. And so, that that kind of living, breathing kitchen because we our chefs are hand cooking food on a daily basis and getting it out, you know, to, to, to families all over the country. So, um, it, it, it depends what mood you're in. I mean, honestly, uh, if, if you're looking for something to sub your kind of Friday night takeout, uh, with our spicy Szechuan noodle is an absolute banger The the spice in yep. it is, is drop dead, but the, uh, the flavor is ridiculous. And, and again, but like, if you got that as a takeout with delivery, it would, it would, it would be tasty, but my gosh, it would be full of so much salt, sugar, and bad stuff. You'd feel pretty crappy afterwards. Spicy sesame you feel like a hero afterwards. Um, so you know, th- th- there's we've got a, a whole range of uh, dishes that that s- serve that like kind of Friday night naughty naughty meal. Um, yeah, but a lot of people are using us at lunch now as well. And so, my, right now, my favorite lunch is our Tex Mex rice bowl, um, which is which brings that kind of. Uh, for me that that classic Mexico city sitting down at the table and, and, and kind of trying a bit of everything uh, into into one Buddha bowl that you can just really enjoy at lunch in, in, a, in one of those quick five minutes that you, you grab between things. And we've only got a couple of minutes
0: left and I'd love to do this in person again one day. But what's is there a piece of content that's particularly inspired you on your journey or a book? Uh, we originally asked for books, but so many people have kind of said podcasts and YouTube videos lately.
1: Is there a couple of things you'd recommend? I I certainly find um, when it comes to uh, podcasts and, and videos and, that I really, really appreciate listening to uh the stories of other startup journey founders um it just often often it's a helpful reminder that we're all making it up we're all trying we're all trying to survive the inevitable roller coaster that we're on and then sometimes you know picking up uh from that some really really amazing ways that you know other business builders have found to to craft culture or to um to to really listen into customer and, and completely pivot uh the product or the entire business to that. Um, so I find I find that really powerful and inspiring. And yeah, I mean books don't get me started. There's there's endless books. So I I would I'll have well i have you here till the cows come home, Jimmy. But um hopefully <laughs> that a very appropriate way
0: to finish they're coming the come they're come
1: home. home. They're coming home. <laughs> <laughs> JP,
0: thanks so much. It's been such a brilliant episode. Thank you.
1: Absolute pleasure, Jimmy. Real, Really good to chat. And uh, yeah, can't wait to have you in person and obviously serve you up some of the latest- Some all Exactly. The latest creations from our kitchen.
0: Thanks for listening to Jimmy's Jobs. One of the ways that we make this show possible is by the partners that we have that support us. They can be like today's, like the Octopus Group or the FinTech Alliance. But also we've done more consumer-facing brands like Primary Bid and Beer 52. You can go to our website and check out more details at www.jobsofthefuture.co. The other way the show is made possible is by me going into organisations and talking about Jobs of the Future and the talent that is required to fill those jobs, how you retain them, how you attract them and how great teams are built that can achieve superb things that we hear about on this show. If you want to know more on that, drop us a line at hello at jobsofthefuture.co. We always love hearing from our listeners.